Today on the Almond Journey podcast. It's a Super Bowl of the almond industry. Once a guy does go, you're probably going to see him the next year too, because he did learn something. But you just got to break that ice and, and get him to go once. Celebrating the 50th year of the Almond Conference with some industry leaders who've been going for decades. Welcome back to the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On this show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work on their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I get to drive up and down the valley virtually for the purpose of this podcast to feature those leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their communities, and advance the almond industry. We've got a special episode for you here today. This coming December, the Almond Conference will host over 3,000 attendees and 270 exhibitors in Sacramento. This is going to mark the 50th time the industry has gathered for this event, which you just heard Jim Jasper call the Super Bowl of the almond industry. Today, we'll visit with Jim as well as Lad Hackler and Bob Curtis, all of which have attended the annual event several times throughout the years. And we'll close out our episode with an ABC update from Rebecca Bailey with some important information on attending this year. Our first stop is in Houston, California, to visit with almond grower Lad Hackler. Lad was also a nursery tree salesman for 30 years for Birchall Nursery, and he remembers his first Almond Conference decades ago and reflects on the many discussions and lessons he's learned from attending many times since. Oh, yeah. Oh, really. They had started that, you know, we're talking 40-some years ago, and advertised that, uh, you know, we're going to put on this conference and there's going to be farm advisors there, and they had a couple guys from the uh, uh, UC uh, Davis. And I thought, oh, that'd be something good to go to, you know, learn something about, you know, background and, and water and different bugs and this and that. And went to the conference and they held it in Modesto. And I would say there was maybe 30 or 40 people there, possibly. And I kind of looked around and I thought, where, where the heck is everybody? You know, they're putting us on so we could learn about different aspects of the industry. And, and if you got a bug problem or this, that or whatever, there, there's a lot of good information here. Because it was farm advisors, local farm advisors, and then a couple folks from uh, UC Davis that came and talked too. And I thought, man, there's a wealth of information here. You know, you, all you got to do is come and listen. It doesn't cost you anything uh, in a roundabout way. Uh, with the almond industry, it, it's a federal marketing order that they're marketed under. You know, and, and uh, they'll have three or four seminars going on all at the same time. Well, if you're having a bug issue, you can go to this one. If it's a water issue, you can go to that one. So uh, there's a lot of information uh, there also. So not like 40 years ago, you know, it lasted a couple hours and that was about it. Uh, the folks at the Almond Board said they always love it when you're in attendance because you always uh, inspire conversation, that you ask a lot of whoa, questions. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> talk, talk, talk more about that. <laughs> well, Especially at these conferences and whatnot, too, there may be 200 people in the room or, or whatever. And uh, years ago, I went to, they had a, a program where you could go to Davis, and it was a short course in growing almonds, and they went from the time we planted the seed at the nursery till you went to the hauler. And uh, nobody likes to be first, you know, and raise their hand and ask a question. 
So I got to be known because I would sit in on the, the class there and, and nobody's saying a word, you know. So I, I may have known the answer, but I'd say, you know, what about blah, 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 blah. And they would answer the question. And well, somebody else would ask a question. Well, he didn't get shot down. So I'm going to ask a question. And then at the Almond Conference, a few years ago, uh, Richard Wycott, the CEO of the Almond Board, came to me and said, hey, where have you been? Where have you been? What are, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, where I'm working my son's booth. He had a booth there, uh, Nicholas said, for his packaging supply business. And uh, he said, no, nobody's asking any questions. you you got to come to the conferences and, and ask a question. I said, man, I get in trouble if I ask questions or I get in trouble if I don't ask questions. <laughs> and he just looked at me and laughed. <laughs> but it's true, you know, nobody likes to be first. And if you can break the ice, then... And that's all all you have to do. Right. But that's that's where a lot of the real learning happens, isn't it? Once you can start asking those questions and engaging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the farm advisors and whatnot, you know, they try and talk on your level, but sometimes they'll get off on a tangent and, and well, hey, you know, what, what about I tried, you know? And, and then they'll get on a one-to-one type uh, basis. Anyway, but it's been, been pretty interesting. I'm kind of surprised somebody said something about there, how you knew about that. That I, I'm more that one to speak up. <laughs> Does anything stand out? I mean, can you think of a, a a most valuable lesson you've got from any of the almond conferences over the years, or so, something that stands out as just like, you know, I'm really glad I went that year because I got that. A number of years ago, they had a gentleman from Kroger's or Safeway or somebody came and spoke at the almond conference, and he said, you know, the almonds are all over the store now. I thought, what the heck's he talking about? As well, you're in the dairy case now, you're in the snack aisle, you're in the cereal aisle, you're in the blah, blah, blah. Dang, he's right. So the industry has done a good job of creating new products. And we have a product that you can store for a little while, uh, but still you need to market it. But uh, it is conducive to be in other products because like a walnut, you got to get rid of that nut. Uh, within a certain time period because there's too much oil in it and it'll go rancid on you. So even if you have it in storage. So we have kind of a unique product. Plus uh, California ships 80% of their crop overseas somewhere. Yeah, and they raise some in Spain and there's a little bit in Australia and there's a little bit in New Zealand and whatever, but we're the primary uh, producer of almonds uh, in the world. So... Not like other products where, yeah, you can grow corn anywhere, wheat or or walnuts uh, grow uh, anywhere too. So it's kind of a unique product in itself. Well, I could have sat and listened to stories from Lad all day, but it's time to travel from Houston over about 30 miles to the southwest to the town of Newman, California. It's there we'll visit with vertically integrated almond grower, holer sheller, and processor Jim Jasper of Stewart & Jasper. Now, like Lad, Jim has been a longtime attendee of the Almond Conference and says he looks forward to it every year. What stands out to Jim is the strong relationships that he's able to develop there and the meetings that tend to happen after the meetings or in between the meetings when everyone in the industry can gather together and socialize. He starts our conversation with a little bit of his family's Almond journey and what their business looks like today. I grew up in the poultry business mainly. And it wasn't until we planted the first almonds. And when I came back from college in 1967, going to work here at Stuart and Jasper, 
by that time, we were out of the poultry business and 100% into the farming business. Are you 100% almonds today? Yeah, almost. We're growing about 2,000 acres of almonds. We have a few cherries, have a few walnuts, but our farming is mainly in almonds, and that's where our heart has always been in farming. And then because of farming almonds, the mid-70s, we got into the hauling business and then hauling and shelling, and, and by the late 80s, started the processing almonds and, and marketing. So it's kind of evolved over the years, started very, very slow. And by the mid 90s, we were about 2% of the industry. And the almond industry in the 90s was very small compared to where it's at today. But we've been fortunate to be in the almond business and we've grown with the almond business. And as we speak today, we're still 2% of the almond business. So not just our own almonds, but our neighbors, we're very fortunate to be able to all shell process market theirs. Well, this year, the Almond Conference is celebrating its 50th year. Do you remember the first time you went to the Almond Conference or the first one you were at? Oh, that was a long time ago. You know, being in the business as long as we have. And interesting you bring that up because, you know, for years it was in Modesto. And then it outgrew Modesto and went to Sacramento because Modesto didn't have facilities to take care of the Ammon Conference. When it was in Modesto, it was only 30 minutes away from us. Now it's in Sacramento, it's an hour and a half. But yeah, it's a Super Bowl of the Ammon industry. You know what Super Bowl is to the football. And so I would say that that's the Super Bowl. Everybody looks to it. And um, I used to be more involved in it than I am today but I go to it every year. I have a very, very close friend in the almond business and, and he's a, an almond trader and handles a lot of almonds for a lot of people. Probably 20 years ago, a little bit longer, he had contacted us and he's in LA, Los Angeles, and he is bringing part of his people up that were involved in selling almonds and said, can we have dinner? meet myself and our marketing director at the time in Modesto. We'll sit around and have dinner and visit a little bit the Tuesday before the, the first day, because usually Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Ali Amin was his name. The name of his company is Primex. Everybody in the industry knows Primex. So we met, had a nice visit, and that was the beginning of doing that every year. And the next year, it started with maybe a dozen at a smaller restaurant and then a little bit bigger one. He's been doing that. Now it's about 150 people in the almond business. On Tuesday evening, he puts this very nice dinner on. Who's who in the industry comes to it. And I don't miss that. And I'll go up on Tuesday afternoon and attend his dinner and see people that's in the industry and even some of our growers get invited to that, a couple of them, the bigger ones. But then there's more to it than just that. And we have really, really good people here at Stuart Jasper. Our marketing director is, in my opinion, a second to none. And so he uses that 
to make contacts with people all over the world. And so his name is Zach Williams. He'll go to the Primex dinner, but then he'll have all kinds of meetings with people from all over because this is a good gathering place. So he's really, really busy. In our farming, we have a consultant that's been with us since the early 90s. Wes Asai was a farm advisor, very, very involved in the almond board and in product research, almond research, all of that. He'll at times be a speaker. And so he's attending it, but he's part of Stuart Jasper. He's been with us for going on close to 30 years now. Our PCA, which is kind of new to us, but very important to us, he'll be attending. Our processing mark, uh, manager, Rick Barku, worked for probably 25 years for Blue Diamond. Now he's been with us, I think, almost gone on 20 years. He's very interested in what would be there as far as new equipment. And so he'll go to the trade shows and talking to people that have laser sorters and, and optics sorters and what's new. So... Stuart and Jasper is well represented there. And it's nice to see the team come together as one. That's why I get up in the morning and come to work. I don't want to retire. I'm enjoying watching this too much. And I've left out two elements that are almost as important as the people here. We have a tremendous growers of almonds that bring their almonds here every year. We don't contract with them, but every year it's the same almonds, it's the same people. And so these growers depend on us. And then on the flip side, we've got buyers all over the world, but we kind of have targeted certain areas, a little more so because of the type of almonds we turn out, the quality, but the Japanese market, the Korean market, the Canadian market, recently, with the advent of a, a new variety, Independence, which we have a lot of, Turkey. And we send a, a tremendous amount of almonds to Turkey. So you get these partners that are depending on us. And I guess if you wanted to, to wrap it up in one word, it would be creating relationships and creating long-term relationships and keeping those, nurturing them. And we never take those for granted. So that's, that's building relationships and keeping them. That's what we're all about. Well, what a great point there about the importance of relationships, especially in an industry like almonds. And of course, there's no better venue to build those relationships across the industry than at the Almond Conference. Bob Curtis showed up at his first Almond Conference with a little bit of a different perspective than Jim and Ladd. He was the Almond Board's first ever funded graduate student. And as many of you know, he went on to spend many years as an employee of the Almond Board, retiring as Director of Agricultural Affairs in 2018. Bob was instrumental in many of the Almond Conferences, dating back to the 1970s. Uh, you you got to realize the very first conferences were very small and basically had the researchers, the committee members, board members were invited, and then uh, the uh, UC Extension folks. And over time, that grew and expanded and progressed quite a bit, even in the early years. I can't remember exactly. Well, I did my research work as a graduate student 
And then when I graduated or finished that work, I went ahead and went, went to work for the Almond Board. At that point in time, the decision was made to expand the conference and make it an open invitation for the industry. And so before that, it was basically geared towards the research. Uh, research, uh, the, uh, the committee members, the reporting of the research results, and then we went public, so to speak, with the industry uh, after 1976. And at that time, could you have imagined kind of what that looks like today? Oh, well, it was a one-day conference, and it was only uh, focused on research, and um, we had up to 500 people attend that conference. That's totally revamped and changed now. Obviously, it's inclusive of all Almond Board programs, and instead of uh, 500, we have, what, uh, 3,000 or so that attend? Right. And... When you left the industry in the 80s and then came back in 2006, and I don't know if, if you attended in between those years at all, but what, what were the big differences between you know those two periods of time that you were with the Almond Board? Oh, it's total change. Um, well, I won't say total change, but we ended up uh, bringing in all the different programs, the marketing, the affairs program. We also, in the later years, opened it up for uh, exhibits from vendors, which obviously is a, a big, big draw, a big plus. So what happened was that it went from just being research-centric for growers and uh, researchers and extension people to becoming something that was uh, totally encompassing for the whole industry, no matter what aspect uh, uh, you were in. And in, in, in addition to what I had mentioned, the uh, vendors, the uh, issues people, the marketing people, there was also presentations and information for processors. So again, it was totally inclusive. And maybe you could talk about the importance of TAC as a place, kind of a forum for getting that research in front of more growers. Well, We've only talked about naval orangeworm, but the uh, research program obviously is, covers the waterfront, so to speak, uh, agronomy, disease control. We actually did collaborative work with uh, processing and uh, reducing uh, contaminants in the crop. Uh, obviously, the Almond Board has its own outreach program, but uh, the media plays a huge part in getting the information out, as well as the University of California Cooperative Extension people and researchers. You, you take a look at uh, all the different venues that uh, growers have available to them. It's pretty widespread. And actually, beyond uh, the UC Extension folks, as you probably know, the Almond Board now has some outreach people that work hands-on with the growers in critical areas like irrigation and fertility because you know what we're really talking about is uh, a maturity of the industry it's not just how do i produce more but it's how do i conduct myself so that uh, it's a benefit for production but also it's it's a benefit for the environment there's a minimal environmental impact in in what we do well, one other thing that Bob told me is even with the incredible production that this event has become, his favorite part 
is still those research posters. So you might be picking up on some themes here. Bob talking about the cutting edge research and getting to see and hear what's being discovered from the grower dollars that are being invested in these programs. Jim talking about the importance of relationships and deepening and expanding those relationships throughout the industry. And then Lad sharing the importance of the panels and of the trade floor and of the sessions and of the interaction of getting your questions answered. All of that's happening for the 50th time this December 6th through 8th at the Safe Credit Union Center in downtown Sacramento. Rebecca Bailey, who's the industry relations specialist at the Almond Board, has been working for several months to make this event happen. Even though it's really picking up right now for the remainder of the year, this is truly something that we are working on throughout the entire year. So as soon as the the conference from last year, 2021, wrapped up, Within a few weeks in the new year, we were already planning for 2022, looking at contracts, talking about the plan, looking at feedback from our exhibitors and attendees from 2021 to know what we should implement for 2022. So come see some of those changes for yourself here in the Almond Conference 2022. Registration's already open. And this year especially, Rebecca says, is one you're not going to want to miss. The trade show already has more than 200 exhibitors confirmed, so things are really moving and grooving and, and going really well. And year after year, we, we really take the feedback we receive from attendees and exhibitors and do our best to you know listen to their comments and strive for continuous improvement. Because this really is, this event is for our growers and our processors and our industry members, so we want to make sure we're, we're listening to them and what they have to say. So. Based on that, this year we have made some bigger changes to the agenda. Um, one of them is that the gala celebration, this is typically the, the uh, event that wraps up conference on Thursday night historically, this year will actually move to Wednesday evening. Um, so this is the first time it will be Wednesday evening. We're gonna wrap up things a little earlier on Thursday. Everything will end by 1.30 on Thursday. And then I think another just really awesome draw and something new for this year is really focusing some of those larger sessions truly toward growers. So we are going to have general sessions that kick off Wednesday morning and Thursday morning. So there will be nothing competing at this time. They'll be in our, our larger ballroom A, which is where state of the industry is held. And these sessions will be really focused toward growers. So Wednesday session will will be um, all about what our global market development team is doing on the marketing side. And the, the content will, will be more specific toward growers. And then Thursday morning, the kickoff session will be from our research and innovation team. And that will really be focused on kind of grower return um, on investment and what that looks like and some different practices out in the kind of from the production side. So really looking forward to those two sessions kind of kicking off the day and just kind of starting off the days all together and on a high note. All right, well, to make sure you don't miss the Super Bowl of the almond industry and all that comes with it, make sure you go register now at almonds.com forward slash conference. That's almonds.com forward slash conference. And we'll make sure we include that link in the show notes of this episode as well. We here at the Almond Journey podcast believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders may spark a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. That's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community 
here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice, and please pass it along to someone else in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together. Together.